amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. I am uh, possibly the slightly unfamiliar first voice of Johnny McGinty. Nice to see you as part of our new rotated lineup. I'm joined this evening by Craig Manson. How are you, Craig? Uh, I'm currently rotating. <laughs> and Rory Baldwin, how are you, Rory? I'm good, thank you. How are you both? Yeah, very good. We are no. live tonight on Twitch, on X, on YouTube and Facebook through our super secret patrons only facebook group if that's something you would like to be involved in and you would like some bonus episodes an extra hour of slightly swearier content every week and and some of our more exclusive episodes about sort of different things you can join us over there on patreon.com slash scottish rugby podcast lots for us to get into tonight some big bits of news across all the pro teams and set up in scotland the last week or so before we do though craig Obviously, because you and I are here, I think we should start with a, a word and a moment for a good friend of ours who we lost just this past week, um, a big name in rugby around our area, uh, Neil Winton, I think, taken from us a bit soon. Uh, very good friend of ours, teammate of both of ours, Greg, coached with you, coached me, and as a part of how a Fife and rugby around here for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been a bit one of those ones where um, very early taken. Um, he's been part of my life since I started playing rugby around the age of 14. Um, and he's been involved with the Howie Fife for a long time. Um, also a very, very keen golfer, Was uh, worked for the RNA. Um, and yeah, just an absolute shock to all his teammates, um, all of us at the Howe Fife. Um, just didn't expect it to happen. So, yeah, um, before I get any more emotional about it, I'll leave it at that, but just uh, uh, going to miss him, you know? Yeah, indeed. I think a lot of clubs have got a lot of guys like Neil, and I think a lot of clubs would be a lot better if there were, there were more Neils around them as well. So, yeah, just before we kick on tonight, safe travels, Dingo, rest easy, and... And we'll see you again soon, hopefully, mate. Thank you. Not too soon. Thanks so much. Yeah. So before we indeed. 
So we have, like I say, got quite a lot to to carry on with tonight. We've got URC news to talk about. We've got the women's six nation squad, and then we'll have a, a little bit of a preview of the Calcutta Cup in the main podcast. And then we'll, we'll free it up a little bit in the Hands of the Rock podcast for our patrons. After that, I think we've got some stuff that we probably want to get off our chests that's gone on around the rugby world this week. Yeah, I'm going to get Before a trail on do my know, accent. It's favourite time of year. It is... I get oh, to, lovely. I'll get to trail it's, on uh, all my accents. Six Nations Break Week URC weekend. <laughs> the time where we traditionally get some of the highest quality URC rugby on show, and that was certainly the case this weekend, Craig, I think. Uh, generously, Edinburgh had quite a lot of frontline players available compared to some of the other teams in the URC, but still some fairly troublesome moments in the trip to Parma this weekend. Uh, can we talk about Glasgow? Because um, I really don't want to talk about it. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm finding... How can I put it? I'm finding it, it, you know, when we talk... When we're in Wales and... Um, and Scotland seemed to switch off at half time, and admittedly, admitted later by um, said captain Finn Russell, um, they seemed complacent. And I don't know whether it's complacency from the players in Edinburgh or just they had one of those games, but they just unfortunately first half was full of mistakes, um, full of they just couldn't get a rhythm going. Um, they were making silly mistakes as well, and 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 just they seemed absolutely and utterly out of character. Um, I'm worried. I've mentioned this before. I'm worried about the bluntness of um, Sean Everett's attack. Um, I feel that um, Edinburgh have really taken a slight step backwards. He has admitted that he wants them to be stronger and. And, and more abrasive, and, and, and he wants them to take on people. But I, I find that they've lost their their um, they've, they've they've gained a sledgehammer, lost a um, lost their ballet dancer, if you know what I mean. And I'm I'm really quite worried about it, to be perfect. They've got as we've talked about many times before, and I'm sure Rory'll Rory'll come in with his his side of things and how he feels about it. But for me, I just I'm really concerned that we've got some phenomenal, phenomenal players and they are just not, either not performing or being misused. Um, and I'm just a bit concerned because, you know, fair enough, I've, I've, I've said a lot about Italy, um, Italian rugby and how Italy, Italian rugby is really moving forward and we're really seeing a, a huge difference in them and they're becoming stronger and stronger. Um but really, you would expect a team that was full of the quality that that, that it had to go down and, and, and give um, Zebri a good scene to, and unfortunately, that didn't seem to happen. Yeah, Rory no, they were kind of touched um, on it a little bit there. Yeah, I was just going to say Sorry, um, the the sh- like a team. They might be, you know, each kind of two or three years past their prime, but a team the back row that Edinburgh fielded of. Richie Watson Mata, I think it was. Yeah. Um, that back row should not be uh, should not be struggling. I mean, they didn't really take control of that game until they emptied the bench, which I guess shows the sort of the depth maybe that they've got compared to compared to Zebri. But they weren't. Um, yeah, they were kind of stuttering a bit. Um, it was our pal Ben Whitehouse refereeing, was it not? Yes. Which probably didn't didn't help matters too much, but. 
um yeah they just uh, they didn't look quite sort of i think they're a little bit like england actually they're still in search of an identity i mean you know cockers wasn't amazing but he gave edinburgh an identity they like they were just going to be really hard hard yeah. full stop hard to beat hard to hard to um hard to break down just hard um Mike Blair kind of swung them the opposite way, but again, they kind of knew what they were doing. They were maybe playing too much rugby. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I think you're right, Craig. They don't really seem to know where they're where they're going, and they've got a lot of talent. I mean, you know, with Ben Healy, you'd almost forgive them if they became like Dan Parks here, a Cardiff Blues or something, just a, a kind of pack and a 10, kicking everything all the yeah. time. I'm sure Healy could probably play that kind of game plan. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be amazing to watch, but it would probably get the results. I have to also say, um, sorry, Johnny, you're on a little bit of a delay there. Sorry, I don't mean to interject, but... No, that's all right. No, you took the end for experts, so you go. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Well, maybe Rory's got a, got a, is an expert in it, but I... No, I just went to uni there for four years. I don't know anything about Edinburgh Rugby. <laughs> you know how to put a well-placed brogue on your foot. Um, the I think, and, and I'm going to... I'm trying not to single out players. I really don't want to single out players. Um, let's just say, however, that just as Rory has said, when the bench came on, especially at scrum half, um, there was a distinct difference. Um, and I, I feel that Edinburgh, with Ben Velikop playing, are alive. Um, and I feel that other scrum halves who play for Edinburgh when Ben Velikop isn't on the field do tend to try to go into this kicking game and this this a slower game. I find that you know the expecting the scrum, expecting the scrum to dominate, so a ball's left at the back at the back of the scrum, and there's problems. Or especially at mall time, oh yeah, we're just going to mall it. I'm going to leave it and leave it and leave it, and then all of a sudden the ball disappears into the into the middle of the the, the mall and and it's turned over. Um, I just feel that we need to. Re- refocus and bring this quickness back that we've we've had when we had um um you know when when Blair Kinghorn was at ten we we seemed to have the ball going moving around quicker um and, and I just feel that uh, Mike Blair injected this this pace on the ball and unfortunately we seem to have lost that you know yeah I think we probably all agree that that Edinburgh are a, are a team would say are less than the some other parts at the moment. I mean, Rory's talked about a back row with with well over 100 good value international caps. Let's be honest. I mean, Bill Matta is still a target for he's off to Bristol next season. Jamie Ritchie was Scotland captain up until very recently. And like it or not, uh, we talk about scrum halves, we're talking about uh, a test British and Irish lion at, at scrum half as well. So I think the question really for Edinburgh is, is what can they do to get that team performing at the the level that they probably should be expected to perform at. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Yeah, I mean, they did 
you know, they got the bonus point win in the end. So I guess from the point of the league table, the mission was accomplished. But I don't know. I, I, have they got an attack coach at the moment? Is Everett coaching the attack? Yeah, uh, no, it's... Um, oh, I've forgotten the attack coach's name. Um, I'm having one of those days today. Um, but yeah, we do have an attack coach. Um, so, but um, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, there's, there's Hamish Watson celebrating 150 caps for, for Edinburgh in that game. Um, and uh, I, I just felt it was um, very low-key, very, very it was worrying, to be perfectly honest. I think that was probably my, my main my main emotion during the game. Hell of a come down for Harry Patterson as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. back against France to yellow carded and away to Parma. Yeah, I think going from going from sixty five thousand watching him and, and and yelling his name to a handful of Italians and some. Oh, sorry, there were some absolutely fantastic, brave um, Edinburgh fans who have made the trip over there. Um, and uh, I, um, yeah, uh, as you say, a big come down for Harry Parkson. So I think. Maybe a slightly worrying Friday night. Uh, Saturday night, probably a bit more pleasing for the Glasgow fans. If anything, maybe a little bit of a worry that, that Glasgow could and probably should have killed that game off a little bit quicker. Two, two tries in the first three minutes and to then sit at 14 nothing until basically half time. I think a lot of Glasgow fans were probably expecting Bonus point by 10 points, minutes. Basically, yeah. Uh, uh, and and we did get the bonus point. It was a nice, fairly comfortable win in the end. Dragons are a team who don't have a lot of Wales internationals, but but when they are away, you notice. I mean, they were they were bringing on basically university players off the bench, and Glasgow made it light work in the end. But I think possibly could have been a little bit more clinical in the first half, Rory. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's. I think probably, I think Everett said it in his post-match stuff, you know, when you score two tries in like under three minutes, I think it was on the clock, wasn't it? Or was the first try was three minutes? I can't remember. They scored two, you know, they were 14-0 up and then they're thinking, yeah, okay, probably Dragons, this is in the bag and they probably, you know, did a Scotland and took their took their foot off the gas a bit, um, which I guess would be, if you think it's a game's going to be a procession, you, you know, you are going to do that to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, they, they, it would have been nicer to see them kind of kick on a bit and just, um, and just, yeah, really put them to the sword. They should have been, yeah, they should have been out of sight a lot longer than they were. I mean, I guess again, overall, the result is the the right one. It's a pleasing one. The, you know, they gave them a good a good chewing as they would have wanted to. Um, it, again, it, it sort of comes down to the manner of the. The manner of the victory that's that's raising the questions. Yep, and a lot of performances, but in the backs, particularly from people who are, if not on the fringes of the Scotland setup already, Craig are on their way to certainly being involved. Tom Jordan, who will become Scots qualified in autumn, looked fairly interested at twelve. Another good game at ten for Ross Thompson, and Stafford McDowell has got to be fairly close to making the the test squad for Scotland very soon as well. I think they'll make it. I think they'll get the opportunity to go into the squad and, and and have a, you know, have a run around with them and 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 see how they how they they settle with the squad, etc. But really, you have to look at it and say, 
you know, looking at our Scotland squad at this moment in time, barring what happens at this weekend, um, currently right now, if we look at the squad, it's fairly set. And there are, you know, there's 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 people in place to come in and, for example, if Tuapalotu is injured or, or, or can't make it or whatever is going to happen, you know, whatever happens, they have someone who, like Cam Redpath, who can walk in um, and, 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 and take over. So it's... It's a difficult one unless we start going a little bit more Leinster-ish and Ireland-ish where we've got, you know, the majority of the backs, etc., are made up of of, um, of Glasgow players. But I don't really see them making a massive difference right now or getting the opportunities right now because the squad is fairly set and and even the... Even the um, uh, the second string players or the backup players, etc., or the or the or the players that that are fighting for the bench are fairly set as well. So I'm not entirely sure you'll see them that early um, because it's that whole old adage: who do you replace? Who who would mm. they come in and play for? Um, but I, I, they are looking very very good, um, and and it, it makes me feel quite pleased for Scottish rugby uh, moving forward. But. Um, well, the bin, the current bin fire off the pathway will be interesting to go from there. Yeah, I mean, that's I think actually, actually an interesting thing too. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, on you go, Johnny. It's interesting to jump onto that because we are moving sort of away from the URC. We've got a few weeks left. Uh, Glasgow are looking fairly set for a home quarterfinal. Edinburgh are barring something drastic happening, almost certain to be in the playoffs as well. Whether they can sneak into one of the home spots or not remains to be seen but in the background to all of that we did lose the super six or the super series i went through a couple of name iterations and things towards the end and now it's finally been been given the heave ho and we are looking at a, a whole new set of pathways in the return of the district inter-district championship craig and i think maybe we're going to see a real shake up in the way that the players start to come into the pro teams now Yes, um, I think it's. I I honestly don't know what to think because I am looking at the way the women's game is developing and how the men's game has regressed, and the women's game works on the sort or has been working on the um, the high end. Premiership clubs supplied a lot of the Scotland squad until we started uh, giving professional contracts, and then professional contracts have taken them away from all the all the the, the high level, all the Premiership clubs, and they've gone off to play for um, uh, contract giving um, premi- um, English Premiership clubs and French clubs, and now you're starting to see a little bit. You know, and we'll talk about the, the women's game and, and the women's squad fairly soon. But you're starting to see a little bit of light um, coming through from uh, Edinburgh, um, and uh, I was going to say Edinburgh and Glasgow, but most of them are Edinburgh, um, and a lot of the Premiership clubs coming into Scotland squad for the women. So I've, I've, I'm really quite concerned about: Are we just going to go to a situation where we're going to try and develop our players the old way um, of using because it, it, it is going back to inter-district clubs, inter-district competition. Um, are we either going to lose a lot of our younger players that will go off and develop with with English clubs or URC clubs, or are we going to 
Um, so are we going to still have this massive gap between um, inter-district players and professional players? And, and I, no matter what anyone says, I think the Super 6, no matter what, what it, how much it cost and things like that, it did start, it was working a little bit. Um, so I, it's a difficult one. I'm really, don't know what to think. I haven't really studied it fully, as you probably can tell by my rambling answer. Um, but I, I just, I'm unsure of it because I think I'm, I'm worried it's a backward step. Rory, one thing that that I think was kind of levelled at the Super 6 was that the way the franchises were handed out and the the way the bidding process and things worked meant it led to it being quite a sort of Edinburgh-centric league, obviously, with the three Edinburgh teams in it and, and people in different areas bidding for franchises and being told they didn't have the infrastructure or whatever. Do you think maybe with it being replaced with the inter-district that there is a chance now that there will be more local rugby interest from local clubs and areas outside of Edinburgh and Glasgow now that they're sending players up to play for Cali Midlands and, and the South Speed Oberham and stuff as well? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's long been people clamouring for the districts to come back, just, you know, nostalgia and stuff like that. But I think actually um, exposing them, the districts... W- <coughs> Is, is going to be a way that sort of mimics a kind of test rugby at a slightly lower level because you're coming together with people you don't know that well, unless you're the West of Scotland who've picked like all of Mar, I think. Um, but, you know, you've got like a... You'll have some guys that you know, some guys you've played against, and you're having to come together and put a team together. And that sort of environment, okay, it's at a lower level, but I would imagine that there's now, with the Super 6, there's a bunch of coaches going about that have got more... Um, experience that can be you, you know kind of filtered out to that um, and it'll give them a bit a bit more of a sense of what that's going to be like whether it's going to that will replicate the kind of environment but whether it's going to replicate the level of rugby they need to step up to you know test rugby um, for all that the Super 6 was was good at least it was on for a, a you know a, a sustained period of time even though they kept shortening it and shortening it um what uh what they'll do a with all these um the the super six clubs that have invested and put money into the infrastructure and that kind of thing that's gonna now i don't know what they do with that you know edinburgh the district is not going to need three of them um so whether they share the shared the load around between them or, or what i don't know how it's going to happen i mean the other thing to bear in mind is that scottish rugby are still recruiting for uh performance uh performance director who's going to be delivering this new pathway um and so does that mean they're going to get in a yes man or woman who's going to they're going to say here's the pathway that we've come up with after we um torpedoed the previous system um go and do your best with that or are they going to say well this is what we think it should be but have you got any ideas can you see a way to make it better you know how much leeway are they going to give whoever's in the role um so yeah there's there's loads of questions is that you know what's going to happen to the the kind of the rubble of the super six clubs what uh and and is i mean the district stuff is going to be good but it's not going to be every weekend every second weekend is it so you know how are they going to get enough players playing at that just below the pro team level um i think the pro teams are bringing back a teams as well is that right yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, are all the URC teams doing that? Is there going to be like a URC sub league, or is yeah, there just... is 
there, yeah. there was talk of there was going to be a, a URC A League. So something like that would would probably kind of help bridge the gap and keep those guys who are at that level that are able to play the district games, but give them something to play. You know, week in week out. I just wanted it's not enough, not going to be enough regular high level competition for for the players, which is what what we need, what we've seen. Yeah, and I mean you see yeah. it at the pro so, level as well. Like, with younger players not getting enough game time for Edinburgh and Glasgow and then not being ready. Yeah, certainly something that's that's worth keeping an eye on. It's uh, a bit of a strange uh, backwards step to go forwards. I think a lot of people will be happy to see the districts back, but we'll we'll watch on with interest and we'll see how that goes going forwards. We did also yeah. on Monday have Craig, the uh, Women's Six Nations squad announced, and you touched on it earlier, uh, seven uncapped players in the squad, four of them coming from Edinburgh's Celtic Challenge team. So is that a sign? Do we think that the Celtic Challenge, at least on the East Coast, is working? Yeah, I think I think um, a couple of things. I think I think Glasgow, let, let's just touch on the whole Glasgow thing. Um, I think Glasgow are have been unlucky. Um, and when I say unlucky, um, Edinburgh have been... Have been have brought in a coach who has is synonymous with women's rugby and knows virtually everybody in women's rugby, um, and so they have come in and you know Shanks has come in and, and Claire Cook Shanks sorry has come in and done a fantastic job in Edinburgh because she knows a huge amount of players around around the, the Scottish scene um, and she's been able to attract them to come and play for Edinburgh. I think Glasgow, they're starting really from a base mark um, and they've shown some some real talent. Um, unfortunately, it, it, they've, they've looked a little bit less um, uh, a little bit less organised. So I, I don't want to take anything away from, from Glasgow's hard work and the performance that, that Glasgow women have, have, have done. You know, they've, 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 they've jumped a huge, you know, jumped straight from... Um, playing in different leagues, etc., come together and started this this team together. So they've they've done a, a great job in bringing the team together. I think they will grow dramatically over over um, a period of time. Um, Edinburgh have just been very, you know, lucky is maybe not the wrong word. They've recruited incredibly well, and I think that started with the head coach. On the other side of things, however, if you look at, for example, Kieran Bell. Um, who's come through from Edinburgh University of Edinburgh? She's been standout um, playing for Edinburgh, um, and she's been someone that I would have expected to um, at least get a chance to come and train with the the, the Scotland squad. Um, again, Nicole Flynn's coming from the Edinburgh University of Edinburgh as well. Um, but then we have you know a couple of uncapped players coming through from from Premiership clubs as well. So it's it's really it's quite exciting. I'm I'm a bit disappointed that I've not seen um, uh, Molly Pullman's not been brought into the squad. Molly's really performing very very well at uh, Tighthead Prop, and um, uh, and she's incredibly powerful, powerful and a great move uh, go forward player. Um, the same with Adele Ferry, and then I'm okay. I'm I'm a bit biased with uh, these two girls, but um, <laughs> they've done a they've done a great job with Edinburgh, and I think that be the. the they, they definitely deserve a look at. I'm sure Brian has looked at them, and hopefully they will get a, they'll get their opportunity at some point. You know. Yeah, we were uh, we were at the Glasgow Edinburgh 
uh, Celtic Challenge came over the festive period, and and obviously I'm familiar with Molly and Adele from being around the club and things anyway. Um, but even still, I was seriously impressed with with Molly's carrying power when she came off the bench against Glasgow. I thought she was phenomenal, and I think it'll not be a long time before we start to see her around the Scotland setups. Rory, we talked about briefly that how settled the men's squad is. I think the women's squad at the moment is in a fairly similar position. They're coming off a, a really successful WXV2 down in South Africa. And do yeah. you think they are coming in now with a bit more expectation for the, the Six Nations? I mean, you'd you'd like to you'd like to think so. Um the as you say, it's kind of it's fairly settled. There's not too many new names certainly in the like in the back back division. I think there's only three or four. Um you know, somebody I saw on Twitter, um, sorry, X, the other day, uh, somebody suggesting that Scotland could field one, you know, one of the best backlines in the in the women's Six Nations, depending on you know the combinations and stuff, and who's available for the other sides. But I think if we can, if we can figure it, it's, I mean, it's sort of the age-old problem of Scotland is can we figure out a way to get the pack to get them the ball they need? Um, I think you know, likes of. Uh, Emma Orr and Francesca McGee, you know, and obviously the 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 kind of the familiar, more familiar names like Chloe Raleigh and uh, Rona Lloyd. Um, if you can get them get them the ball in a bit of space, you know, they can do do a lot of damage. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see. Uh, I'm glad that the, it's mostly a kind of settled settled unit. Um, I think the fact that a lot of the a lot of the girls have gone down to England to play and are getting regular sort of high level professional games i mean you look at the i think it's loughborough versus leicester this weekend i think there's like six uh six scotland players on one side and three or four on the other in the squads so you know there's they're they're the again it goes back to um what i was talking about a minute ago is just consistent high level rugby at the at the at the right level that prepares them for for um for playing test rugby which is a step up again, but yeah, indeed. So we we are looking forward to that. Obviously, the start of the women's six nations. I think, like we say, teams looking good, looking settled, some interesting new faces, and we're hoping for big things. I think this year from Scotland, we got just this afternoon the men's squad for Saturday's Calcutta Cup game. Uh, return of the King is the big news, Craig, with Blair Kinghorn back at fifteen. But I think. Looking at this, the 23 that's been put out, it is hard to argue really with any of the selections. It, it, it really isn't. It's great to see. My, my only concern is, is, is again, um, we're not really using, um, or we've, we've not been using the um, the subs, subs bench very well in the first two games. Um, but it's, it's, it's good to see. I think... Uh, me, my my heart is a little bit filled with joy seeing um, seeing Jamie Ritchie getting back into the squad um, and getting, getting his start at six. I think he's um, when he's on his game, um, he's a fantastic fetcher, and I think he'll, you know, he's got the ability to to um, uh, to really uh, take apart England um, when they're on their usual charge. Um, he's, he's going to be able to get in and, and turn over ball quite easily. Um, so hopefully he'll be on his game. Um, I think Darge and him will go hunting, um, and the and the old Australian will be battering through people. So um, him and um, uh, what's his name, uh, the the Bath 
back row, Sam Underhill. Sam Underhill, yeah. I think they'll start knocking heads at some point, so uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens from there. But um, yeah, I, I, it's a settled squad. Um, great to see St- uh, Kyle Stain back. I think um, if uh, you know he's proved himself when Darcy's not around, he's 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 able to walk in and do do a similar job, if not maybe a little bit. Um, with him being a little bit taller, he's a little bit uh, easier in the air, if you know what I mean. But um, yeah, really, ex- uh, you know, my problem is I'm getting a lot, feeling a little bit, you know, um, Scotland are the are the the favourites. I'm feeling a bit comfortable and I'm worried about it. Yeah, yeah. Not, we're not worried about the game. Are... We're worried about the fact we're feeling comfortable. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> mate. absolutely, exactly. Rory, I think a lot of people were kind of operating on the assumption that, that Jamie Ritchie was on the naughty step a little bit after the Wales game, um, just sort of reading between the lines of some of the things that Finn Russell said in his post-match interview and then seeing him disappearing from the team completely for, for France. Obviously, most Scotland players don't need any extra fire lit under them for a Calcutta Cup game, but do, do we think that Jamie's going to come out all guns blazing for this one? I mean, there must have been something. He didn't. I didn't sort of don't remember being worried by him watching the Edinburgh game at the weekend. Um, and I wouldn't have th- like you wouldn't have thought if uh, if Tooney had said we're going to pick him against England that that he would have been playing a full role f- there. But I guess he probably needed it to sort of get it out of his system after a, a kind of quite a poor showing against Wales. Um, I mean, for me, I think Richie is is almost as versatile as uh, Christie, so I don't see why you couldn't have started Christie and brought Richie back onto the bench. That would have been my preference personally. But other than that. I think uh, the team, um, as we've said, is pretty pretty settled. Um, happy, com- you know, pretty much completely happy with the with the backline. Um, the pack is pretty much what you'd expect it to be. Um, it's, I mean, for me, it's the back row looks a little bit lighter than the, you know, the monsters that England have got in their back row. Um, it's almost like the the worry is that England actually play like you always used to expect England to play and just kind of bully you up front because we know how badly Scotland play against teams like that. But the, I guess the hope is that they they pick this side but then still decide to go and try and play some rugby because I don't think I think that's going to play into Scotland's hands. Um, yeah, it's a, stra- it's a strange one because I saw the team and I thought I'm not that worried about it, mostly because they picked a bunch of names that I knew usually when I'm looking at an England team they'll be because I don't see much Premiership rugby there'll be a bunch of guys I don't really know um, and I'll think, okay, well uh, are they good? They must be picked because they're good um, but when they're picking guys um, that I have heard of, like Danny Kerr I'm thinking, oh well, you know it's just Borthwick picking his mates again yeah, I think it's, before it's, we move to England Craig I don't want to. Yeah. I know this is going to upset you, but I'm going to do it to you anyway. The only thing, maybe, route that is a bit of a surprise for the Scotland team is uh, no WP Nelly yet on the bench, and we're sticking with the props that we've gone with the first two games. Do we think WP Nell's still not hundred no, percent, no, or know. is this a move away? I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think VP's um, uh, what well. I certainly, I think, um, I think Hepburn has offered um, a fairly mobile guy around the park. I think Miller Mills is has has kind of given us a you know a, almost a, a plug and play 
for VP, although I'm not sure he's as strong as VP um, in the scrummaging. But I think I think VP's just not ready. Well, I, I think that's a, it's a mixture of two things. I'm hoping he's just not um, he's just not ready to come back at that full level. Um, but I also, you know, there is that there is that possibility that he's starting to fall out of favour now. Um, because, because of no disrespect to him, but because of his age, so um, yeah, I think I think it could be. I think a sort of hoggy thing is not necessarily he's fallen out of favour. It's just that he's not quite performing at the level that he or the coaches would want him to. So they have to look at alternatives. Yeah, and also fair play to the to the two guys that have come in. You know, the new people to the squad, the new players to the Scotland squad, they're going to be looking to make a difference to, to make sure they stay in the squad so I'm sure with a new bit of uh, oomph about them they've come into the squad and, and, and Tooney's liked what he's seen. They also offer something that people don't really know okay a lot of the English players will, will know Hepburn and Miller Mills but they, they won't know them as in a Scotland squad so maybe they're offering some offering them a little, a little bit something different that they're not a bit of unexpected you know. Rory touched on England already, Craig. Um, Alex Mitchell obviously is a big loss for them because he's been kind of a standout these first couple of games. He's having a great season with Northampton. Uh, Freddie Stewart is the other one who's a big big question mark. He's out of the team completely. He's replaced by George Furbank. Anybody particularly scary, do we think, in the England 23? Um, for me, I think um, uh, I'm... Uh... For me, I think it's it's Ollie Lawrence is my concern, um, and I think Furbank. Now, I remember us all kind of giggling about Furbank coming in at fullback for 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 England when Eddie Jones was coaching them, and we all kind of went, "This." And I of the his, yeah, I remember his first his first cap, and, he, and and unfortunately he dropped a few balls, and he just he just seemed to be over overawed by it all. Um, I have to say, watching him at Northampton, he is. On a stormer at the moment, he's 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 got his confidence high, and he's and, and he's obviously unseated Freddie Stewart, who was the along with Marcus Smith, the new the new rugby Jesuses. Um, so Jesus, can you have a plural of Jesus? Jesus, I, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder. I'm sure. I'm sure. Our, uh, I'm sure the listeners and our friends will will come up and because it's almost like a Jedi, but a Jesus. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I think um, Jesus is like Highlander. <laughs> there can be only one. Actually, I, I, oh God, it sounds terrible. Is that a crucifixion of Jesus? I don't know. Is that like a, a gathering? Yeah, it's a collective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can't have a plural, you can't have a collective nine of them. Okay, right. Fair enough. Okay. Um, but no, I think, um, you know, I think those two are, are interesting. And no matter what anybody says, um, Danny Kerr does give... England, how can I put it? He gives them a strut and he gives them confidence. Um, and he is a player that has been, no matter his age, he has been playing incredibly well for Harlequins. In fact, he's probably one of the leading lights of Harlequins. So we have to just give him that tip of the hat and say, you know, at, at his age, he's doing a very, very good job. And also, just for anyone out there, uh, podcasters do, um, do actually... Uh, can play rugby, you know, just uh, just in case anybody wants to, um, you know. Uh, Speak for yourself. You know. <laughs> I'm old and knackered now. I've got no chance. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think those. I don't fear um, 
I don't fear the rest of them. I, I really don't. I don't. I don't really see them as, as, as you know, as anything different. Especially people like Dan Coles and stuff like that. We, we know these guys. We, we, we you know, we, we know how to take them apart. Um, we've done it before. Um, I think Underhill, it's very um, Turner, George Turneresque. He, he has no, no self. Um, I was going to say no self worth. Um, he's got. He's got. He, he doesn't want. Regard. It's more the fact he's got no. Um, what's the word? He, 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 self regards the exact word. Really self regard. Yeah, exactly, Rory. So I didn't hear you, Rory. Um, yeah, he just has no regard for himself at all, um, and I think um, that can be worrying for someone who's playing against them but uh yeah I, I don't really fear you know what's his name on the uh, elliot elliot um thingy on the wing uh, uh, daily daily yeah. you know um so i really don't fear them that way i think their bench before we wrap is, up uh, then rory for the public pod give me your 30 seconds preview 30 seconds what do you think is 30 seconds happen? preview uh I think uh, Scotland will will boss the first half as usual. England will come back strong in the second half, and then oh, it's like a toss of a coin between the bench and whether the re- who who the referee sends off on about the hour mark is probably going to decide the game. Um, Scotland definitely have enough, but whether interesting whether they can. They, I mean, yeah, my my big hope is that they come back angry after the France game because they absolutely should be fizzing. And fuming, and other words that begin with F. After that result, um, and they've got the players to to school England, kind of like they schooled them last year. So, so go out and do it, please. That would be lovely. Thirty second prediction from you, Craig. Um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think very much it's. Um, they're going to just all congregate around um, around Dion Van der Merwe and try and defend against him. They're also going to try and smash Finn Russell as much as they possibly can and that's going to give all the other players around around Finn uh, and around um, Duhan the strength and the uh, ability to come through and really shock them. I think they're really, really, they, they defend, they may have this blitz defence but they defend very, very tight um, so if Finn can get some, get the ball out, um, out to the wings I think they've got an opportunity to um, really punish them. Excellent. All right, that will do us for the public podcast for this week. We will be back next week to review the game and see how our predictions went. For just now, though, it is a goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Craig and Rory. Bye. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.